0: You're listening to another New Hope Chapel new Hope podcast. podcast. This message is presented by Carolyn Johansson, a member of New Hope Chapel who just returned from the mission field in Cameroon. Called but wait. I've related to the church before, but there are some new people here. I became a Christian when I was about four, five years old. And right away, I wanted to be a missionary. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a missionary to Africa. I don't know, I didn't know where Africa was, but I wanted to be a missionary to Africa. I wanted to be a missionary nurse. I wanted to be a missionary cowboy. That's why I put the cows up there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a missionary mommy. I didn't know. I, but then all of a sudden reality hit me or my, my humanness hit me, and I'm not very good in languages. I couldn't be a nurse because I wasn't very good with languages. <laughs> um And so for 57 years, I waited. I'm old. Uh, And then, but always, I assume this is, yeah. But there was two verses, Psalm 57.2 and Psalm 38.8a, both have the same meaning to them, and that God will accomplish what he has for you to do. So for 57 years, I was waiting to see what God had for me to do. And as you know, I've done lots of different things. I have a degree in elementary education, but I substituted for two years. That was it. After that, it's been business and different things all over the place. But then in 2009, I lost my job. Couldn't find a job. And in 2010, my friend Nancy, who has been a missionary in Cameroon since the early 80s, said carolyn can you come would you be willing to come out for two months and be with me in the village to help me out because her partner gretchen was staying in the united states to do some uh, further studying i said yes but how do i go how do you you just don't get in a plane and fly and say hello i'm here (laughs) Uh, so i contacted whitcliffe associates volunteer program and and Um, Nancy is with, I should back up, Nancy is with, I have here SIL, which is the Summer Institute of Linguistics, and um, Cam Towson, who was the uh, the founder of Whitcliffe that you know, started in 1934 with the Summer Institute of Linguistics with three students, I believe, learning linguistic studies and went down to Mexico. S-I-L does not mean the same thing anymore, it's just they, they use the word SIL. If you go to Cameroon, if you don't say SIL, no one will know what you say, and if they say it to you, you won't know what they say. They'll say to you SEAL. So SEAL was the word I had to learn. <laughs> um, but Wycliffe Associates, I, I signed up on the, the uh, volunteer to be a Wycliffe Associate, and down below I put a note. I'm coming for two months to the village to help my friend Nancy. Three days later, hello, Carolyn. You have a degree in elementary education. Would you like to go to Cameroon and teach for two years? I go, I thought you guys were smart. (laughs) The only thing you got right was two. (laughs) A city, a town. A city, a town, there's difference. A village, uh, teaching, helping, two different things. But the Lord put them together, and I was able to accomplish both of them. So he sent me to Cameroon. Cameroon is a very diverse place. As you can see, it has beautiful beaches. Uh, That's uh, Kribi is the name of the town. It has rolling mountains, very, very mountainous. It has dry... Areas that are also mountainous in the city, as you can see, is very hilly. Nothing, nothing goes flat. Nothing goes straight. People ask me, what, do I, what did I miss the most when I was in Cameroon? Lots of things. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing that I always come back to is water. The lack of water and then also the too much water. And I, what I, t- I think when my brother i was talking to him on the phone and i said it was very dry but humid and he said can't have it both but i said yes somehow it is um, the first week i was there i did my laundry and it took me a week to dry my clothes because it was during the rainy season um, during the winter was the dry season and it didn't rain for a couple of months and so i could dry my clothes in half an hour but there wasn't any water from the city to in order to do the laundry except to do it by hand so and then water drink all drinkable water or city water is not drinkable so everything has to go through a filter so I said everything takes longer you get up in the morning you're rushing to go to school to teach and I'm gonna have some cereal open up the refrigerator there's no milk the milk is all powdered milk and I didn't make any milk so I go over to the catadine filter to get some water and it's kind of low <laughs> so it's enough to make the milk, but I better fill it up. So I fill it up, you know, make the milk, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, nope, i got to leave, I can't eat. Because <laughs> everything sort of, it all, like I say, all was around water. The other thing that came across to me when I was in Cameroon was the word welcome. Well, actually, I should back up. Part of the word welcome has to do with, remember I said I wasn't very good at languages? Cameroon speaks French and English, so I thought, okay, I had a choice. I mean, I had a chance. The uh, maybe I'd go back. Oh yes, excuse me. Cameroon looks like a chicken or rooster. <laughs> um, this is the northwest and the southwest. They speak English, pigeon, but English. Everything else is French, only French. Yande is about, about here in this area. That's where I was located, French. So I was in a French community not speaking French. So <laughs> that was always a challenge. But I, let me see, the, the, up, the two pictures of the gentleman was when I went to a funeral and I was welcomed. You know my actually, I got to go to three funerals in a short period of time. Death is very prevalent, and Nancy and I we walked over to this neighborhood funeral because she had been told about it, and the people come by and they have they 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 are bowing their heads to me, showing me um, respect. Because when you shake a person's hand, you shake with your wrist. And the further down your arm, the more respect. Well, these people were singing, walking by me, but they were welcoming me. I mean, they didn't use English, but I didn't know. When I went up into the uh, northwest, to Bemenda, where they speak English. And some, you find people in Yande, of course, who who are from that area and do speak English. Welcome is the word they always use. And what does welcome mean to you? I mean, I kept thinking, what does welcome mean to me? Welcome is that name of that thing that you step on when you go inside your house, you know? Thank you, you're welcome. But even nowadays, a lot of us don't even say you're welcome. We just say, "Eh." (laughs) ah, that's okay, you know. Welcome is is very important. When you in church, when they you sign in as a visitor, they will call you to stand up, like we do here. They'll call your name. Of course, sometimes again, it's in if it's in your French area, you sort of sit there and they say your name four times and then all of a sudden you go, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be me. Um, but they'll say, you're welcome. You know, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. One lady after church who was a, one of my friends' house help, we went to her church. And she came out and she said, oh, Carolyn, you're welcome. I'm not so glad you're here. You're welcome. I thought three times she welcomed me, and I thought, "What?" An, to me, it's culturally, it's like what? But it's their way of saying, "I embrace you. I am so happy you are here. I am so happy that you honored me by coming to my church. That you're welcome." is a very, very strong, warm feeling. Even though your cultures are miles apart, you're welcome. This is my house help, Doris. She. I, that was one of the odd things, is to get house help, you know, hiring somebody to do my work. But she came in on Wednesday mornings and cleaned up. And one of the main things she did, because of my language barrier, was go to the market and buy my vegetables. But part of what I think what I'd like you to t- is to pray for some of these people. And so that's why I might po- point out at somebody every once in a while. Doris has uh, four children. Her husband twice, and while the last, last November he did it again. He abandoned her and her children. But when he did it in November, he took everything. Everything. She was telling me that she, the mattresses, the stove, uh, his gas stove. He took everything out of the house. She came home from another job that she had and was completely gone. And a lot of people in, a lot of people in Cameroon. Um, ask for money it's not unusual for someone even in the street to say give me $10, And ten thousand is like $20 but give me ten thousand a girl one time in the grocery store after I paid my groceries she said do you have something for me and I go uh, no I don't think so <laughs> so when Doris told me about her husband I expected her to say I need money give me money she told me that she had jobs and she was working hard. And did I know other people that needed her to work? Because her thing was to make sure that she has enough money to send her kids to school. That she would figure things out, but that she needed my prayer. And um, you know, she did not ask for money. I gave her money, but she did not ask for it, which I thought was was very important to me. That she did not ask, but she, and so. Um, I ask that you pray for Doris, because I left, and about two or three other teachers, who she worked half-days for, like myself, also came home. So she is has a whole lot less work going on. Um, like I say, I did go up to the village with Nancy for two, two months, and that's the village of Bafu. And these are um, Nancy's, the lady on the uh, left, bottom bottom right your left bottom left is uh, Sylviane, and Sylviane, and that's her children Um, in cameroon it's it's a polygamist society still is Um, a husband a man gets married in his 30s and usually marries a girl in her 20s or teens and might have three four five wives depending Um, her husband Was a polygamist she was the youngest wife there was an older and he died of AIDS she has AIDS Um, she has three children and her brother's wife died and so she got another child (laughs) Arnold Um, she they live in a house which called a kitchen house which is I think I have another picture Um, cinder blocks or mud mud blocks with a um, fire in the middle and, but she, she loves the Lord and that's the whole thing Sylviane came every day to clean uh, Nancy's house cook and she always had a smile she was, always, she was trying to teach me French she was the one who tried the most to speak to me in English <laughs> um, up on the upper your upper right is uh, Brigitte no excuse me uh, micheline and the one in the middle is brigitte and they are two translators you'll see pictures of them later but because of my friend nancy's mother having passed away while nancy was on leave everybody in the village came at some point in time to bring condolences and whatever produce they had left over and it was potato season so we had tons and tons and tons of potatoes so nancy gave the potatoes to the ladies and that's probably about 20, 30 pounds of potatoes. And, of course, they just put it on their head and start walking, and I'm going, oh, I can do that. That's easy. I, I, so I, that's, that's me with 20, 30 pounds of potatoes on my head, <laughs> going, I can't move. <laughs> Come help me. Um, this is Sylvian's children, and they are scraping all the moss off the driveway and one, one reason I put that there is to show the love that they have like I say they couldn't understand me I could not understand them but we could understand each other yes yeah, you know with me I, I communicate <laughs> I communicate with everybody um, so while they were scraping I would come out of the house and walk up and down the driveway like an inspector with a very go go back inside <laughs> And eventually I, of course, I gave them the big thumbs up. And when they got done, they were there all day, from eight o'clock in the morning to about 6 in, the after, you know, six in the evening. And when they left, they went to their mom and said, "Can, Miss, can Carolyn and Nancy come to dinner?" So they ran home and, and uh, made boil some potatoes, and so that's what we had. We had potatoes for dinner. And that's her house, uh, the kitchen house. Those furry things. over by the bench, those are chickens. So the chickens and the, and the um, palm oil and the cooking utensils and everything are all in one corner. Um, the, the street scene is the city of Chong, which is nearby, or the town of Chong, and that's where we go to, go to the market in the village, and that's the market street. So just give you an idea of, of what is, is there. And um, Nancy's language is Yumba. It's a tonal language. Nancy and her Gretchen have been working in that It didn't have an alphabet, so they have created an alphabet and um, primers to teach people how to read Yamba. It's a, it's a tonal language, and they have been working, like I say, for for 30 years on the language. Um, they, it's the when the. Um, Europeans came and the missionaries came, they basically divided the country up. So the north, where, where she is located, which is just before the tail of, of the, uh, the rooster, is mainly Catholic. So all these, uh, most of, I should say, all the translators are Catholic, but very firm, believing, um, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful Christians. I mean, it's like over there, like, Denominations are not as denominal <laughs> or dividing as they are here. Um, and how do people translate? That's they're working. <laughs> um, but slowly, very slowly they go through. Nancy helps them with understanding what the scripture is, and they word by word translate it, back translate it, get consultants look at it. Um, Jean the man in the bottom right with the long sleeve checkered shirt he is the head translator now this has been turned the whole thing has been turned over the project has been turned over to capital which is the Cameroonian translation so it's not even under SIL anymore or Wycliffe it's all under capital oh and the rocks the reason I put the rocks up is that is at the high school there's a rainforest high school in Yande and in their prayer garden, they have rocks for all the different languages. And right in the middle was Yumba, which I thought was kind of neat. One of the things I got to do was, uh, at Christmas time, go up to the far, um, in, that, in the tail, the northern part of the tail, to um, the dedication of the Noni New Testament. And the lady with the gla- but not the hat, uh, is my friend Nancy. And i say to me that's she was buying my copy of the noni i have a noni new testament so if anybody knows how to read noni they can borrow my new testament anytime (laughs) but this is the whole this is the whole reason i was there she's there is to put the bible in in people's own heart language and it makes a big big difference um i'm not a translator so i don't have a lot of translating stories (laughs) except I can tell you one thing that makes a difference is um, one of my co-teachers, she and her husband had gone um, a couple years ago to another French-speaking African nation, and they were doing like backyard Bible clubs. And Monique knows French, so the children were singing a song. And the song basically had to do with Jesus loves you and Jesus helps you grow and he, and he encourages you to grow. I mean, it was, and, and so it was a nice little song. You know, so they sang it. Well, she comes to Yonde, and she's teaching, she was teaching third and fourth grade with me. And she started a backyard Bible club with neighborhood kids, and she pulls out this song, and she's singing it. And all the kids are, they're singing the words, but they have this almost look of horror on her, their face. And she's going, so when she got all done, she asked the lady whose house they were at, what happened? Well, that word, there was a word in there having to do with God training you. But in Yonde, that word training is more of a discipline word. And it's not just a discipline word. It's beat you. And in Yande and in Cameroon, beating children is very prevalent. And so basically they're saying, God is going to you. <laughs> and so she's going, oh my goodness. <laughs> pull pull that song out of our repertoire, we're not going to sing. But it's the same French word in two French countries, but the meaning of the French word is different. So the importance, it shows the importance of how translation in a particular language for a particular tribe how it's very very important to have it in their own language so they really understand how much God loves them and how he cares for them and so you don't have misinterpretations the men carrying the boxes those are the New Testaments and I th- and then in front of them were these ladies in different uh, choirs all singing the same song Later on, that they broke up into groups and they did sing songs. So I believe Barbara did show a video, but there wasn't sound. So at the end of the uh, my presentation, I do have another one of the choirs when they were singing. So hopefully, you'll be able to hear. But they write songs. They write a song just for that. You know, they're sitting there singing a song that they have made up. They're just saying, "Thank you, Lord, for bringing Bible translation" or something along that lines. But this is what most of I, I spent most of my time doing, is me and my kids. <laughs> there were ni- about 19 children in the school. I had nine of them in the fifth and sixth grade. And out of the nine of them, six of them were boys. And they were boys. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about the Bible and my children. And I think about... Samuel. And Samuel's mother promised him to God. He was born, weaned, sent to the temple, and he lived for the rest of his life. These kids, a lot of them were born in Africa. You know, uh, the boy that has Detroit on his shirt, his name is Ben. Those are my sixth graders. They're going into RFIS, the high school, next year. So Ben is, is in sixth grade. He was born in Africa, born in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I don't know how old he was when war broke out there, and they moved to Central Republic of Congo, I mean, Central Republic of Africa, where there was strife there, and they evacuated there. So here he is, 10 years old. He's been already evacuated from two countries, in the midst of war. He's one of my wild children <laughs> but at same time he's a very loving a very caring the teacher before me had a baby while she was there and the only child in her class that she allowed to take care of the baby was Ben. you know so he'll hang from a tree he run around he runs around barefoot and everything it rains they go out and play in rain, and rain they come back all wet and muddy and you know but yet the great love that they have the the girl on the far right in, in pink, that's Teresa, and Teresa has Asperger's. She's, a, she's extremely intelligent, but she has the emotional level of more of like a, a six, seven-year-old. Um, yes, she, she will correct you. She will correct me all the time. We have open uh, assembly on the, on the lawn every day in the beginning of the semester after Christmas break when they asked you, does anyone have anything to pray for, which is usually, a, i got a scrape, my boil, <laughs> my cat, you know, that kind of a thing, which is wonderful. She raises her hand and said, well, I sure hope Miss Carolyn is not as hard and, and boring as she was last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, but like I say, one of the things... With Ben and Teresa, they had to sit next to each other because the, the other two children didn't come to the second semester. And they'd been together, I think, the whole six years in, were in school. So Ben ruins her life all the time, and he tolerates her. And I, told, I even told the parents, I said, one time I looked up, and like I say, it's a, a six-foot table that they're sharing, and Teresa is stroking his arm. She's just stroking and stroking and stroking his arm. And, of course, boys and girls do not like each other when they're in sixth grade. You're right. He is just sitting there. He's not making a face. He's just sitting there. And I thought to myself, they don't get along, but they love each other. You know, uh, they really care for each other. You know, he knew that she needed that, and so he, he allowed her to do that. Um, so like I say, they're, they're wild and woolly, but they're my kids. <laughs> um, but, but like I say, they're going through an awful lot because they, they did not choose necessarily to be there. They're going through lots of changes. Um, let me see. Sam, well, not he always has, but Sam stutters. So if he was in a U.S. school, he probably would be laughed at. Sam loves to talk. Um, we learned we have we have two different sessions or we have PRS which is a regular classroom type situation and then we have FES where the children from the field uh, villages can come in and it's a little bit more relaxed and during FES time in August we did we studied ancient Greece and in April when we did that we studied ancient China and when we were doing Greece um, I divided the children because I knew I had mostly boys, I divided them into Athenians and, and, and Spartans, and they battled all, all three weeks. You know, I gave points for doing things, and they had to come up. Well, in the middle of it, Sam raises his hand one day, and he stands up, and he looks at me, and he says, Oh, great and powerful Zeus, who rules the universe and allows us to breathe. <laughs> and I said, True, true, 20 points for Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> Athenians go, Miss Carolyn! I go, I'm Zeus. <laughs> I don't have to be fair. <laughs> After about three days, I sort of said, nope, one more person tries to do to this and i am we've had enough of this. But I said, for a semester, I came up the stairs to go to class. Somebody opened up the door. Someone pulled out my chair. <laughs> so like I say, they... But um, Urien is, is Dutch. Zoe is British. Caleb is another one. Caleb is... He was born in the United States. I think they moved when he was like a couple months. And whenever I talk about America, he always says, that's not, my, that's not where I live. And they're going on a year's sabbatical now. So his whole family is like where am I going? When am I doing? So that's one reason like the song that we sang that Mrs um Mrs. Sours had is always we're always talking about the changes that these kids were going through. Even those that didn't go anyplace, they're staying put. It's the world is changing. Um, when I first when I first moved there and Nancy and I moved into for for, for about a week we lived in the housing area. <laughs> and and they have a sign-up thing. So people, I, my, you know, people invited me for dinner almost the first whole week I was there. And one of them was this Mrs. Sowers, who was going to be the administrative person. Went to her house for dinner, which was across the complex from where we were. I think it was a day later. Maybe it was two days later. I'm thinking, oh, I had a question for her. Maybe I'll go over there and ask her. So I walk across, knock on the door, no answer. I knock again. I'm thinking it sounds funny. I look in the window. The place is empty. I'm going, no, this is. I ate here. I know I ate here. <laughs> you back up. You look around. No, I ate here. They had moved. They would moved. Well, just two, three doors down. But I mean, the, even where you live, people are constantly moving. People are going to villages, coming back from villages, having emergencies, having to go home to their homeland. You know. So there's constant commotion, constant change. So it's really hard for these kids to adjust um like i say we we learned chinese so we had chinese writing and uh, one of the men in the cell is chinese so he wrote all the children's names and wrote down their meanings so they learned calligraphy so they're able to write their names that's my classroom that's me pretending to teach <laughs> so the kids had a nice open space and one of the things we learned was uh survival skills so one one Friday night they came back and we had a survival night. So that's where they were toasting their toes. <laughs> and for those lot of, lot of ladies guys you can fall asleep now. No. This this is where I lived. It was on the complex. The school was on the same complex, so I didn't have very far to go. Uh it's the WA the Wycliffe Associates volunteer area. So basically, we see in the middle picture it would be housing for them. At one end is they have this apartment, and uh, this upper that greenery is is a playground. So if anybody came and played, they played on the squeaky swings or the. <laughs> so it was it was always always a lot of noise, but it was a good place to be. So what does this have to do with you? what can you do you know are you stuck in the harbor uh, is there some place you can go Wycliffe has lots of uh, Wycliffe associate has lots of volunteers and I'm and I'm a Wycliffe associate volunteer but there are other missions and other places um, building wells bringing uh, com- computer skills teaching English to to you to the village people. That's that's us three teachers. We're all volunteers. You know they they the other two ladies, Monique and uh, Sarah, signed up for two years. I only signed up for one year. And as you can see, we all have the same uniform. Um, every holiday, they come up with a new um, material for that particular. So this is the 2011 national teachers uh, material and everybody buys it you buy six yards at a time it's all pre-cut and everyone makes a dress if you're a teacher then they come up with another one for uh, independence day and another one for you know so and and that's the one thing if you men have ready-made clothes ladies make their own clothes so like all the everybody's dress is always different but there's a lot very similar materials or construction but like what can you do and the bottom line is we all can do something you know, um during our um, spring there's a, a vacation Bible school that comes for the children while the parents are in a conference so it's just sometimes it's just loving and caring just to come and say here I am welcome